magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Show. I'm gonna push the button. The button has been pushed. Hey guys, what is up? And welcome to the Touch Arcade Show. This is episode number 560. This is the We Are Still Alive edition. Had a couple questions. People wondering if we we're still alive, still doing the podcast. I have a we a, are a themed show and tell. You have a theme show and tell. Let's see it. <laughs> Where'd you get? <laughs> is that a real thing that they were making or did they just come ocean that, gate so? no so um so i got an email wow from yeti that was like i don't know they they know they got my they have my number right it was like they know you're just a hey troll. we're these coffee mugs you've bought a bunch of that we know that you like are like half off today and we're doing free customization and i was like well, I don't really need one, but uh, let me. And that was like the day that all the submarine stuff was going on. Wow. And I was like, let me just see if they'll print the Ocean Gate logo on one of their mugs. Like, because, no. yeah, because like, so when you, when you order a custom Yeti, like, so you can get like text on it or your um, initials or whatever else. Mm-hmm. I need promotions all the time where this, this is free. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like the customization that Apple does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is always free. I don't know. But mm-hmm. um, so I, I was like, well, I don't really need this. And I'm sure that this order is going to get rejected. And if nothing else, it'll make a funny story that like, oh, I tried to get mm-hmm. an Ocean Gate mug made and it, they rejected it. Because like when you submit custom art, there's this big, long thing that's like, here's all the things we won't print. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, anything copyrighted, like corporate logos and stuff need to go through like some different website because it's for mm-hmm. personal use kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, oh, all right, this will get rejected. And uh then nothing will come of it and then a week later i got my ocean gate no way coffee cup in the mail wow (laughs) that's actually uh that's pretty great so now this is my mountain dew drinking mug excellent (laughs) um but yeah i uh should say sorry that we've missed a whole month of shows it's been weird uh i had my surgery on exactly a month ago yesterday and it was much more intense than I thought it was going to be. And uh, been healing. They had to take a big chunk out of the inside of my cheek for a skin graft. And um, way bigger than they had explained it was going to be. Hmm. And so... Um, I'm surprised. Until, like, <laughs> like when you were describing to me like what, what they were going to do to you. They're like, oh yeah, they're just going to take a little piece of skin out of my mouth. And I'll be like, I don't know why yeah. you're making such a big deal of this. I mean, like... Well, you're gonna it get was, five or six stitches and you'll it'll be annoying but you'll be fine and then you're like oh man i'm so fucked up <laughs> well it ended up yeah it ended up being like probably like the size of your index finger or maybe like the size of a band-aid from the top of my gums to the bottom of my gums on the inside of my cheek Ugh. and uh oh god it is just take it's still not healed like i can talk again and stuff i couldn't really talk right for a long time which kind of put podcasting out but um and I couldn't eat on that side forever, which now if I kind of can, but it's still like healing. So it, fe- 
it feels like somebody sewed like a rope into the inside of my cheek or something like yeah. that. Like there's just a big thick thing over there. And so if I like smile or do any mouth movements like that, I like feel it. Um, but you know, I mean, I'm heal. Everything's I'm healing up. It's, it's going to get better, but it's just, it was definitely rough for those. I thought I'd miss maybe a week or maybe two. And by like that third week, it was just like, dude, I don't think I can talk for an hour. And I'm sure I'm kind of curious how it's going to go today too. So yeah, anyway. well, yeah, I got, I had mouth surgery when I was a, a kid and man, the recovery was just fucking awful. Yeah. Um, you know, but they taught, I mean, they say they're like, oh, well, the inside of your mouth is like one of those places that heals really fast, which is true. If you have like a canker sore, or like a thing on the inside of your roof of your mouth or whatever, um, generally that stuff kind of like heals itself quicker than if you had like skinned your knee or cut your hand or something but um and maybe this is fast i mean it's been a month uh for how how big the thing was <laughs> yeah i don't know but um i guess i don't have much of a frame of reference of what a skin graft healing uh should be <laughs> like sucks but anyway um so yeah sorry that we missed so much time i probably should have posted a proof of life or something on, on patreon or <laughs> tweeted at least like hey still alive but um I guess if we had died, it would have probably somebody was Mikhail would have posted a news story or something been like, you know, Jared's dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it is so, kind of ominous that the last show we did was like, hey, guys, you're going to have some surgery. I'll be back soon. Everything's going to go great. And then like you don't hear from somebody for a month. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Did he die on the operating table? <laughs> yeah. Well, so not true. In the meantime, um, I've been playing a shitload of Diablo which mm. um i'm playing diablo with brad and we've been mm -hmm. laughing about how absurd the uh the diablo 4 subreddit is mm -hmm. it's like it's like yeah i i i kind of would love to um i don't know this is one of those things where it's like if i was suddenly woke up a billionaire tomorrow it'd be fun mm -hmm. to like be like all right uh i am going to design a game based on what reddit wants so it's just like pick like the Diablo 4 subreddit. It's like, yeah. hey, I'm making an action RPG. Everything you guys complained about with Diablo 4, we're going to design it exactly how you want it in the, the Reddit action RPG. And like uh -huh. see uh -huh. what kind of like crazy Homer Simpson car yes. of a game you actually like end up with, right? Yeah. It's like it's like all these people want is to enter a dungeon where they the monster density is so high that you just like slam your face against your keyboard and get like every single piece of the best loot in the game. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and Brad's whole thing with that has been like, just fucking play cookie clicker. If like, all you want is like to do nothing <laughs> and wildly increment a number, just play cookie clicker. So yeah. that got me, I was like, we you start playing I, was, cookie yeah, I, was, I was like, Oh man, I wonder what, like what kind of, what cookie clicker is up to now. Cause like, remember when cookie clicker first came out, it was kind of like the, I don't know if it was the start of those kind of like idle games that have since become so popular or yeah, was that was like the first the... big one that I know of. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if they like um, invented the idle game genre or if it was just like the first one that got popular, but I remember mm -hmm. the, the original one being real basic, you know, it was just like mm -hmm. a, <laughs> a website that you just like clicked, but yeah. this uh, is uh, very complicated now. And mm. the other thing that's, that's kind of tricky is like, or I guess weird is that the original cookie clicker is uh, like still a website. There's still not an iOS, like an official, like a cookie clicker 
iOS game made by the guy that, or at least as far as I can tell, like everything to do, because hmm. like, I, I kind of like research this backwards, right? Because like when you yeah. type in like cookie clicker on Google, there's of course like 10 trillion different yeah. like knockoff spinoffs, you name it, right? And I was like, no, 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 I want to play like cookie clicker, cookie clicker, like the the original one that mm-hmm. everyone lost their minds over, right? Mm-hmm. And so it seems like it's this, uh, so I found the person that made it and then this is the cookie clicker made by them. But mm-hmm. yeah, they just have like, it's it's kind of bewildering that there's been idle games on the app store that have made just unthinkable amounts of money, right? Yeah. Like, meanwhile, <laughs> the dude that made the original cookie clicker has uh, a game, a version of it on Steam, uh-huh. which I I guess looks like it's done pretty well. It's got 40, 45,000 positive reviews. So presumably they've sold a couple wow. hundred thousand copies, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, at five bucks a piece, the website's free and has two mm-hmm. ads on it. And there's a uh-huh. Android version of the game that's been downloaded it says 1 million plus times on google play but like and they have a patreon that is making uh 1300 bucks a month Hmm. which is like i mean like that's all good right but it's Mm -hmm. it's just wild that like the the game that kicked off this genre is probably Mm -hmm. the least successful one right like Mm -hmm. yeah which which i feel like everyone else that we know in the industry that kind of like created a genre that took off became like multi-millionaires you know i mean i guess yeah yeah, temple runs of the world and stuff like that or yeah all doing good i don't know i guess it's just kind of a weird thing because like um cookie clicker potentially was like i don't know like on the tail end of like web games like it kind of Mm -hmm. like didn't it kind of come out at a time where it was like mobile games are sort of new like flash games kind of still seemed like they had some steam under them. I think it came out at the transition of when games like that went to Facebook for a while. And then that all kind of transitioned to mobile games and Facebook Mm. gaming stopped. But yeah, that was like the Farmville era, I think is around when cookie clicker came out. Yeah. Um, Which I'm surprised that didn't like become a Facebook game and become Farmville popular. It probably would have. It might have. I mean, who, who, but I mean, like, uh, I, I guess, you know, more interesting. Yeah. So uh, the developer named Ortiel created Cookie Clicker on August 8, 2013. Written in a single evening, the game was posted as a link on 4chan, garnered 50,000 players within hours. 2013? I would have thought it was way older than that. Yeah. I don't. I so don't that know. probably, that's not really the Facebook era because Facebook gaming, like Farmville stuff was before that. I feel like that, that all happened in the first couple years of the App Store where it was like a weird transition of like, Flash games all of a sudden became everything was being played on Facebook. And then everyone put their eggs in the Facebook gaming basket that mm-hmm. never went anywhere because it all eventually became real apps on mobile. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I thought Cookie Clicker is a lot older than that, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's like 10 years old. I mean, that's that's a long time ago. In my I mind, guess. it was like a 2008 thing <laughs> well but i could be totally wrong sure i don't know it's just it just came out kind of it's just kind of a weird thing where it was like people are making money in mobile and stuff but yeah i guess it yeah. just like didn't seem like there was the same avenue to I, I don't know i mean i'm sure this guy is probably not mad about the performance maybe, of this game right but maybe he just made it for the art and he's yeah. not trying to get paid i guess you ever think of that mm, i don't know 
Uh, I don't know. Well, that's fun. So how, I mean, how down this rabbit hole are you? Are you like playing cookie clicker when you're not doing anything else or? I just have the window in the corner of my screen. I just click you're it playing away. it right now. Uh, yeah, I'm at 18. So you're not hundred percent focused on this show. Oh, I'm focused. You're not Listen, putting your hundred percent into this. How much, how much focus do you think cookie clicker actually requires? I look over at it every few minutes. I'm like, <laughs> yep, let's buy some more, <laughs> buy some more of these. Yeah. Um, well, did you get any emails or anything like that that we need to? Oh, uh, there's a couple the... of emails. Yeah, we can read just real quick. There are a couple of quickies, I think. Um, ooh, where where'd they go? Okay, so this comes. Hey, June 13th. That was uh, the day I went for surgery. <laughs> so this is a full month old email um, from Hacker Alias Shoes. Hey guys, I've been a fan of the show for many years now, and it's the one podcast I truly look forward to when it comes out. Now I feel extra bad that we missed four weeks in a row. <laughs> uh, you guys got me to pull the trigger on getting a MiU Mini Plus, and I've been having a blast with it. What prompted me to write in, though, was that I learned that Eli is a fan of VR. I got into VR when the Quest 2 came out, and I play most nights. For the most part, flat screen gaming has fallen to the wayside for me, except for some MiU retro games. While I don't see myself getting the new Apple headset, I'm a day one purchase for the Quest 3, Eli, what are some experiences or games that you recommend in VR? I do have access to Steam via games via VR cloud gaming, Plutosphere. I've never heard of that. Uh, Jared, what are you playing or recommend on the MiU? Also, have you had any other house adventures or weirdos, weirdos caught on camera? Uh, Eli, have you had any other odd issues with the police or neighbors bugging you about your okay. Tesla? Thanks again. Keep up the great work. Shoes. Um, so that's a uh, good email. Some good questions in there. Well, what do you got for VR stuff? Because I know zero about it. Man, like I, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of like a beat saber. <laughs> I'm kind of a basic dude when it comes to uh, to VR stuff because, like, um, I just kind of stick with what I like because a lot mm -hmm. of the VR games are like five to ten bucks, and then it's just like sort of mm -hmm. annoying when you download one. And it's like. Mm, this kind of yeah. stinks and I so paid. is there a lot of overlap with regular games on steam that also have like vr versions that are like this the same game so like you um, own a game on steam that also has a vr mode or something i i guess i don't know i i, I do the standalone stuff like i i have a, a gaming pc mm -hmm. uh but i don't uh i don't have never hooked it up to the hmm to the the thing i guess so interesting um yeah I, I don't know you know like uh beat saber there's a a, a, a rec room is really good i mean I, i'm not mm -hmm. gonna list off any games that anyone doesn't know you know like tetris effect right. i like a lot because it's just kind of like just sit back in your lazy boy and pay like a really 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 cool version of tetris mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um there's a there's a few different card games that i uh noodle around to like different like vr poker games but i still haven't mm -hmm. found one yet that that i'm like oh this this is it here like uh -huh. these guys like crack this kind of thing because that's yeah that's what's sort of neat about like rec room and stuff is like the multiplayer aspect of it kind mm -hmm. of like creates a um i don't know a, kind of takes it to a whole new level right mm -hmm. um but uh, what i'm Honestly, like most excited for in the VR space is the uh, seventh guest. Uh, Ooh, that's seventh guest. Why, why aren't all those games in VR? All those old adventure games. 
don't know if there's a release date for this yet. I watched a few trailers and was like, oh, fuck. Like, yes, this is. Oh, it's like you can just wishlist it. So this is going to be on uh, the the Quest, PlayStation VR, and Steam VR. Let's see if Steam VR has a release date on this. No, just coming soon. It, I mean, the the thing is, like, the, the room games are really good in VR. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this seventh guest game looks like they've just kind of taken the concept of the room but it's set in the seventh guest kind of like universe, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I will buy anything that's a seventh guest on it. That's, that's totally fine by me, you know, like whatever. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but that's what I'm most excited for. It's, are you picking up that barking? Um, it's not crazy. I mean, deal. um, we had we got a letter in the mail, a little postcard that the mailman carry around with them, where if a dog is too aggressive, they'll leave you like a little note that's like, "Hey, get yeah. your dog in check. Here, we're going to stop giving you your mail. Stop giving you mail." <laughs> like, I've heard of it actually happening um, when a dog got loose in the yard and went after a mailman, and people they stopped getting they stopped delivering their mail. They had to go get a PO box, um, and uh, but like our dog has never been. He like barks at the window and he's like 12 pounds. So I'm like, dude, if you, if that, I mean, if that's enough for you to not be able to deliver our mail, like that's a little sad that you're even a mailman. But anyway, sorry, off topic. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So me, you, many stuff. Um, actually, I, so I played through Mario Luigi Superstar Saga, the original um, from the Game Boy Advance. And it was super fun until I got to the last boss that was crazy hard and I just didn't have it in mm-hmm. me. So I'm I'm still on the last boss, last boss, but I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can deal with this giant bullet sponge 50 transformation. Like, you know, I was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not in the mood for this right now. I had and a great always, time up until that point. Um, it doesn't the uh retro arc that's on the Miu Mini support like game genie codes, you could always just cheat your way. Yeah, probably. It, I'm you know? I, there's a whole thing. There's a video I've been meaning to watch about like cheats on the Miu Mini um, and how to just enable it. But I I don't know, whatever. I haven't got around to it. But um, that reminds me, I've been playing. So ever since um, Tears of the Kingdom came out and then I was playing it with my son, who's four, and he's real into it. God, does he love Zelda now. So, um, but the problem was that I think it was a little beyond his age limit like you mm. you know i i talked about this on the show before where i was like i'm not sure if he's too young like four you know it, i don't know if he's too young for this sort of stuff it's not like a violent game or anything but there's some scary stuff in it though i mean that yeah would be scary he's for a, a kid dude when the hands come out of the ground oh, yeah. and grab you he does not like that and so yeah he's he's had a few times where he's been scared or he's like woken up and mentioned having a dream about a monster like whatever which I, that could be not just Zelda related. It could be just four year old related, but sure. Um, so anyway, and then, so his grandparents were watching him and they were just like, dude, I don't think you should play Zelda with him anymore. <laughs> All he talks about is pretending to, to sword fight bad guys. And I just think it's bad. So anyway, I was like, well, whatever. I don't totally agree with you, but I will entertain the fact that maybe this is too advanced for him right now. 
And so, um, I mean, I think there's like dirtling around in the overworld and doing like weird little side quests and stuff. It's probably, fun, yeah. but like, I don't know. I find like as an adult, I find the um, like the underground stuff to be kind of spooky, you know. So, the I can underground imagine, is very spooky, yeah. I can only imagine that as like that's like nightmare zone for a toddler, I think. So, <laughs> probably, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but uh, sorry, sorry for the later in life trauma, son. But um, <laughs> so I he still wanted to play games. He still wanted to play Zelda. And so I was like, okay, well let's play um, Link's Awakening remake. And um, that turned out to be a great idea. So we switched over to that after like a month of tears of the kingdom, I think. And then um, started playing Link's Awakening, which I, my save game was from January of 2020. I think it was the last oh, time wow. I played it. So I was like, dang, it didn't feel like it had been that long, but it had been a few years. So um, yeah, fired up a brand new game and, he loved it very like very kid-friendly visuals and stuff like that like nothing really too scary in it um and he really 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 dug it um and so it's it was just uh it, it gave me a hankering to want to go to um replay link's awakening dx on the mm. miu mini so i think that'll be my next thing which i haven't played the Game Boy version in a while so did you um, did you play the the switch remake i mean the switch remake is yeah. really good okay that's what we played is oh was, sorry i thought you're saying a link to the past oh no no links awakening oh. I, I don't know if i misspoke but maybe yeah, I don't it's know. um that's what i'm talking about the remake because uh oh, okay i miss i misunderstood that yeah it was super perfect for them with the um you know the visuals and stuff like that it's like you're playing a, with toys and so it's yeah. it very cartoony even the bad guy stuff is like very cartoony and so he really dug it but um yeah so we spent i don't know how long it took us to make it through that game it's not a super long game but i definitely no. forgot a few things and there's some convoluted stuff and um i also made sure to like try to get every shell and like do everything and and whatever so he really dug that but then we eventually beat it and so then i was like well son there's like a million zelda games so yeah, i'm gonna really. play another one and I was like, oh, cool. Here, let's start off with the original. This is the very first Zelda. And so he's like, okay. So I fire up the the NES online app thing. And we go into the original Zelda. And I was like, dang, I haven't played through this in a while either. And um, start playing. And, and he's immediately like, uh, oh, that's the enemy from the other game. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, that's the enemy from the other game. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, dude, these enemies are like in every Zelda. It's like a thing. Yeah. And so he got a real big kick out of that, which I like. Um, so we go through like the first dungeon in there. And um, after that, I was like, I don't even remember where to go next. So we're kind of just wandering screen to screen for a bit and dying often because that game is like pretty for unforgiving. Well, the um, the Nintendo, uh, the Switch Online has save states on that, right? Like, so it has save states and rewinding. And so I would, oh. I would rewind a couple of go. times. Without really telling him what I was doing, because I don't want to know his dad's a cheater. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just like annoying because you you start out and you have three hearts, and it's like, oh, like some rock monsters shoot rocks in a bunch of directions, and you just yeah, bounce like, back oh, between them, and you, all of a sudden you're dead. Yeah, like juggled until dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we played through that. We played through the first dungeon. He was digging it. It was bedtime. We had to turn it off. And then the next day, I was like, we're gonna continue. And so I fired up, and we're playing the NES uh, version again. Um. And uh, after a few minutes, he was like, Dad, I want to play a different Zelda. This one's boring. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Here it was up to that point being like, yes, I am passing on this tradition. My yeah. son, even though he's growing up now, is going to know what old games were like. He's going to appreciate them. He's going to play all the same stuff I did growing up, blah, blah, blah. 
and he was just like, dude, this is boring. Yeah. Over it. And so, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I maybe I I wrecked it by starting with the Link's Awakening remake, which was like amazing looking graphics mm-hmm. and stuff, and then being like, "Here, son, look at this thing," and him being like, "What is well, this, Dad?" Some of the uh, like Game Boy ones have aged pretty well, like Minish Cap and stuff like that. Like that was all yeah really good. I I I think maybe NES was maybe too far back for him. I think if we played Link to the Past, he might like that mm-hmm. um, because that looks very similar. I mean, I think the top-down thing is kind of key for him, but it, it has a very similar kind of vibe to Link's Awakening remake. Yeah. And um, so he might be able to get into that. And it's like, you know, 16-bit graphics are a little bit easier to stomach than 8-bit, which just does look very dated, I, I'm guessing. Yeah. So yeah. um, that's my next plan. Oh, well, no. So I that was going to be my next plan. And then I go to the Switch menu screen and I'm scrolling around and um, I have... Uh, uh skyward sword hd and i forgot that i had that and i have never um played it i never played it originally and yeah, never played I, the remake even though i got i think i got a code for it for something or whatever never played it at all don't really know anything about it um and so i was like oh okay like yeah that one seems pretty safe to play like not too <laughs> of course the, f- the first five seconds of that game is like a giant monster with a million sharp teeth Oh. coming out of the depths or, you know whatever like, starts, oh, yeah. but anyway sorry i'm talking a lot but th- this was all leading up to something i'd want to talk about this week anyway which is that um having never played skyward sword and having just played tears of the kingdom so much oh my god they are so similar oh really it's so weird to huh. see skyward sword stuff be like oh my god like the this is this is like the precursor to Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom, and it's super super obvious. And so I don't I think it would have been cool to have like experienced that with when Breath of the Wild came out because it would have been like like the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme. Like you would have just been like, oh my god, like this is from that game, the old oh, game. Okay. Like, um, so really, you so, like you found there was like that much continuity with stuff, huh? Dude, yeah. Well, so, so have you played Skyward Sword? No, because I did the the same thing that you probably did, which is like I, it was on sale or something at some time, and I was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I've never played this." I because it came out, uh, it came out like really late in the Wii U life cycle or something like that. I think it was a Wii game. I'm not even sure if it was on Wii U. I don't know. I, I, I just remember it like coming out at a weird time where I was like, you know, playing Xbox stuff or a Call of Duty game or or something like that, and it was just like, eh, yeah. I should play that and then never did. And then the remake came out and I bought it and never played it. But I've heard good things about it, like particularly in the context of Tears of the Kingdom, you know, because isn't it like uh, so Tears of the Kingdom, you know, you get like who is this guy's name like Raru and his uh, his wife, right? Like, Mm -hmm. aren't they like the main characters of Skyward Sword or I I could possibly not be far enough to know that. So I'm like an hour in maybe. Um, I've technically, um, I don't know if this will be spoilery, but I mean, the game's uh, you know, fifteen years old, so yeah, it came out in twenty eleven. It was it the only it was only on the Wii U as a virtual console game, which I find interesting. But um, yeah, it was a Wii game, so a, a pretty late in life Wii game. Hmm. I definitely wasn't still playing Wii in twenty eleven. So, um, anywho, yeah, the the game is it starts out and you're on a sky island, and um, you know. The, the whole lore of the game is basically like these people live on these different sky islands um, and there's cloud cover below you 
and there's like um you know legends that there's a surface world under the clouds but nobody knows because there's a barrier and you can't mm. go below it and so everybody that lives in this sky world also has their own like giant bird <laughs> that they form a bond with at a young age and then they live their their bird for the rest of their lives and so like you know instead of getting in your car you run and jump up the side of your sky island and your bird picks you up and you go Sounds fly like avatar the avatar world. it's super was, like uh, avatar <laughs> the birds so, in that are called um but anyway so uh the eventually you uncover some stuff and you figure out that you're a hero and you got to do all this and and they open up an opening in the cloud so you can go to the surface world and you discover that the surface world is real hmm. and so i am i am on the surface world and i've played through like the first half of the first dungeon essentially so that i'm not super far in um because there's a lot of like setup stuff too and then um I'm like that dork that like explores everything before I move on to the oh, next yeah. place to make sure I did everything. So anyway, so I, I don't know, but I do know that like um, there's so much stuff like when you dive off the island and you're flying through the air, it's exactly like Breath of the Wild. And then um, the giant like statues that you pray at are identical in Skyward Sword, the giant uh, goddess statue or whatever, where you could and increase your hearts or your stamina ring or whatever like those are in skyward sword or those are from skyward sword so i do think that there's a lot of um lore that like this is a i it the timeline of zelda gets so like complicated right and they've they've mentioned before like officially yeah, so there's multiple timelines sky it says skyward sword according to nintendo is like the first title in the zelda timeline the first ever right like the yeah. oldest zelda yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense and it would make a lot of sense that like especially in the context of like um all the breath of the wild tears of the kingdom storyline stuff is essentially like yeah dude like this this is like a cycle of like mm -hmm. ganon or whatever bad guy comes back and the hero comes and saves it and the princess and whatever you know like this cycle happens in different versions and always has and always will. Um, and so it would like make a lot of sense that like this would be like the beginning of that, I guess, or, or whatever. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm real jazzed about it. I highly suggest if you have this on Switch or, or if you've never played it or whatever to get it on Switch. Um, it um, is annoying because so one of the things and I remember when the HD remake came out and um, I think Sean reviewed it and I remember people talking about like the original was heavily reliant on Wii motion controls. Like all the sword fighting was Wii waggle. I, and, you know, um, now that I think about it, um, I think that that's why I didn't play it because mm -hmm. I remember I definitely was kind of like over the, the Wii waggle stuff early, right? Like I, what was Twilight Princess yeah. where you, you yeah, I, I was played through that and I was like, okay, yeah, that I never want to do that again. Right. No, and I was the same uh, way where it was like a game would come out. And I'd be excited. And then it was like all this motion control stuff. And I was like, dude, just give me the option to not do any of this. If I don't want we bowling is one thing, but like having to waggle to like open your menu or something is like, dude, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm over it. Um. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so it was heavily relying on that. So when they remade it for switch, um, they actually did a really cool job of mapping all that stuff to the right stick. 
um because the the sword play the combat is like um based around like you can do like side slash like horizontal slashes or up and yeah. down slashes or diagonal slashes or whatever um so they kind of map what you would do with a wii remote in your hand they you do on the right stick instead and it works okay but the problem i'm having with that is that replaces the look around stick right so the oh, camera you know what? i now i'm remembering exactly why i didn't play more than like the first session of this is because like mm. i was expecting like the, the normal yeah. dual joystick thing yeah and don't you have to like hold down a modifier key to to use the yes. camera you okay, hold yeah. down l and the right stick turns I'm... into a camera button Very so what i'm doing remembering this now and this works fine is you just hold down you you hold down l all the time unless you're doing something else right and the only time you really don't have to hold it down is when you're in combat, which you're holding down the left trigger to focus on the, the enemy anyway. Hmm. So it works out, but it is kind of like tiring. I I really just wish there was an option in there to be like, I, I don't know how they could do it, but I, I would prefer the default to be the right stick is always the camera. And then if you want to do sword stuff, you hold down L, like flip yeah. flop it. <clears throat> but I could see some problems coming up with that too, but whatever. So, so, so anyway, so after playing an hour or two that I'm in, um, I'm very used to holding down the L and using that right stick as a camera thing. And it, and it's fine, but it is something you have to get used to. And it's a little wonky, I guess. But other than that, I'm super enjoying it. And I'm actually really excited to be like playing a brand new, brand new to me Zelda. Right. Yeah. Um, And it's pretty cool. And it's, it's really fun, especially seeing all the parallels to the other, the breath of the wild series. So, yeah, it's kind of cool to see Nintendo um, kind of like lean into kind of like filling out the Zelda story because I remember like for the longest time, uh, fuck, going back to like the IGN vault forums and stuff like that where people would talk mm -hmm. about this kind of stuff. That was always like the fan theory was like, um, you know, this this the tale of Zelda is just cyclical because like it's the same story kind of like told and it across like different generations and stuff and there's like always mm -hmm. a hero mm -hmm. there's always a link and there's always a ganon and there's always a mm -hmm. zelda and like they're just different depending on like the the time place and who's telling the story which i always kind of mm -hmm. really like that kind of like mm -hmm. explanation of it all because like um you know particularly when you look at different like folklore across cultures like there's so much that's similar but mm -hmm. at the same time like very different with like each kind of like culture explaining like the existence of yeah. like the sun and the moon and, and you know, mm -hmm. things like that right but i don't know i i huge zelda lifer right so like whatever mm -hmm. it's it's all cool by me but yeah yeah uh it's it's fun when there are things that are direct um continuations like tears of the kingdom i think it's cool it's like a mm -hmm. part of the same story but then it's also cool when it's like totally unrelated so we don't need to you know make things match up per perfectly or whatever yeah um yeah, I mean, that's that's what's always, you know, I, I think that's kind of why I always gravitated towards like every Zelda game is it was always just like, I really like the style of gameplay. I know exactly what I'm getting into, and it's going to be a new one of these that I'm going to really like, you know, and that's yeah, kind of all, all there is to it, you know? Yeah, I think um, the other thing, too, is like uh, when Breath of the Wild came out, it was very much like, Oh wow, this is a whole different experience. Yeah, it's got departure. a lot of the same elements, but this is very much like a big open world freeform yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. And um I don't think I'm not far enough in to say for sure, but I think that um Skyward Sword has more of a structured traditional structured 
feel. I think it's like a semi-open world game where you launch into structured areas that are pretty large, mm. but you're not just given free reign over everything. Sim, you know, building up to something like Breath of the Wild, like what they wanted to do. I feel like it's like the same thing where like people are like the Wii U was like what they needed to do to figure out to come out with the Switch, right? Like you, sure. the Wii U had its problems, but this is what they were going for. I feel like the Skyward Sword was like them wanting to do Breath of the Wild, but not being able to yet. But it had to exist for Breath of the Wild to exist. Um, well, I mean, at the time, too, I imagine that would have been a pretty aggressive sell to be like, hey, we just need to do a whole huge fucking open world game. Mm -hmm. Right. Because like, I, I feel like that's that's really become like the norm in between like when yeah. Skyward Sword came out and when like Breath of the Wild came out was was true. just open world games like a genre and stuff, you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So anyway, to bring this all back around to an email. um. Yeah, I've been on a big Zelda kick, and I think my next Miu game will be uh, Link's Awakening DX. Although you Minish, you you mentioned Minish Cap, well, I haven't played through that in a while. Also, um, uh, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons is extremely mm -hmm. good too. If you've never played those games, I love those, and I actually replayed them on the RG that I got. Uh, what is mm -hmm. that last year? Uh, pretty recently. Not that they're easy enough to kind of play through on a, like a weekend or something too. You well, know, but yeah, the so speed which like the uh, like having uh like friends when i play tears of the king knowing i beat the game where i have been like asking me for hints and stuff on and, and kind of complaining about how like some of the side quests are like so sort of um like not obvious as far as like what you should do based on the clue that you're given and i'm yeah. just always thinking like man you should fucking see if you can make it through oracle of ages or oracle of seasons without <laughs> looking things up because like right. holy cow i think like I think like the, those games were designed in a time where it was just like they just expected you to just be like sitting on the school bus and being like, I don't know where to go next. So I'm going to explore literally the entire game world mm -hmm. to figure out if there's somewhere that I can use an item somewhere that I've missed before, which is what I did as a I mean, kid. That's, what, that's you know? what I did. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know. I, I remember the days of like, oh, man, I'm stuck on a game and like putting it down for six months and then picking it up and being like, I'm going to figure this out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. playing the same area that you knew over and over and over and over um yeah it's just the way things were and they are not that way anymore which kind of brings back what you were talking about with diablo where people just want to like mash their face into the keyboard and unlock everything or or whatever i don't know i i feel a little bit of that because maybe i'm just old or i don't game the same way i used to or whatever i mean when you're a kid and you got nothing going on but like school yeah, yeah. Uh, you can just bang your head into a game over and over and over until you figure it out or whatever you can spend all night on a game like i don't have that kind of free time now and so especially with some of the stuff with Link's Awakening, <clears throat> where I was like, dude, I do not remember what to do here. Um, begrudgingly, like, look, look it up to be like, I oh, don't want to yeah, just sure. wander around for an hour. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so. Yeah, I actually you know, bought, I do... um, speaking of looking stuff up, I, uh, mm -hmm. so Lindsay really liked the strategy guide for um, Breath of the Wild because it included like all the maps where like everything is and things like that, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I bought her the uh Tears of the Kingdom one, which didn't ship for like uh until uh this Monday. So mm -hmm. quite a quite a lag behind it. Yeah. And um yeah, just really, really, really well done as far as like mm -hmm. if you want um like a really kind of exhaustive map of like where to find like you know, if you're a completionist and you want mm -hmm. to know where like all the Koroks are or whatever else, like it's mm -hmm. just um mm -hmm. It is. It seems like it is a exponentially nicer experience to just be like, okay, let's uh, open up this book to this map grid and go through this, as opposed to like 
the way that online strategy guys are these yes. days with uh I super with you on that because I had a, some frustrating experiences just trying to look up something really simple mm-hmm. in Link's Awakening where you're just like, I just need to know this one little thing and I have to like figure out which guide first of all and then well, what page yeah. it's on and you know I kind of wonder how much of that is also just written by like chat GPT now, you know? Like it seems like it would be uh a lot. Cause like when I was playing like I definitely would stumble across different pages where it's like this doesn't but the text in this like just doesn't make sense. Like yeah. You know, so <laughs> the uh the guide I ended up using the most was the IGN guide, I think. And uh it was written I'm sure they it was me- well meaning, but it was written in a way that was like telling the story. So it was like Oh, Link walks into the cave and then he finds on his right is a treasure chest which has a heart piece in it and he grabs it and then he moves on to the next room or whatever. Instead of just being like, hey, go in this dungeon, there's a heart piece on your right, oh, yeah. go for it. You know what I mean? So it's just like written as it's like it's a, a narration of the game, <laughs> which is like cute idea, but super annoying when you just want the info and you're like, oh, sure. God, yeah, what? yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so thanks to Shoes for emailing in. Then we have one more email real quick to get to that just from Ben simply says, what's up, guys? Are you ever going to podcast again? I need your take next week on Ridiculous Fishing EX. That's an excellent segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about this week. Mm. Ridiculous Fishing EX. Have you played it? Uh, it just no. came out today. Are I, you aware uh, of it? I am aware of it. Uh, uh, I just... I, so my thing is with all these... Is how different is it from the original one? Because like a lot of these kind of like Apple Arcade remakes, like I see people getting excited for them. I'm like, man, I played the shit out of that game when it like the first time around. I'm not like so. This it's not a plus version. It's the uh, e, a full remake. So mm-hmm. it is new 3D graphics. Uh, new. I mean, I mean, like the gist is the same of what you're doing. You're fishing. You're collecting points or money buying upgrades or whatever but i mean it is a hundred percent new game um, oh see like i was thinking that the the ex was just kind of like a cute spin on like the plus thing i didn't realize it was like oh we, we're doing this like from the get yeah they they um they partnered with co-op mode to actually redo the whole game from the ground up and um it's fantastic so far except the performance has not been great for me i have an iphone 14 pro max uh the, the best phone you can get right now right so it's i was kind of disappointed i'm not sure if some of that stuff was just like the janky game center login background stuff happening or whatever sure. but i've had a and and then i went into the options just before we started recording so i'm not sure the outcome of this but there's a bajillion graphical options and so like everything was turned to the max um by default so i think that might have something to do it too where i'm just like i don't need this full screen occlusion I feel like that'll be fixed stuff. quickly if it doesn't run right on yeah i think so i i think you know a lot of these games like it'll recognize your device and then it'll kind of like baseline everything mm-hmm. based on that so <clears throat> a lot of games and and many instances that's not maxed out just because you have the newest phone it won't automatically max out everything for you it'll leave that up to you if you really want to put things on very yeah. high you can do that but you it'll default you to like just regular high or, or medium or something and then if you have an older phone, it'll default you to like low graphics or whatever. So I think this one just out the gate was like, oh, this is the newest phone. Everything's maxed. And maybe that's a problem. Um, but 
I'm glad the options are there because I can go through and tweak things as I want with like shadow. I mean, tons of options for graphics, more than you yeah. normally see in a mobile game. So hopefully that improves the uh, performance a little bit. But game wise, um, it's super good. And then so I re-downloaded Ridiculous Fishing original to to play them both side by side because I kind of it's been a while since I played Ridiculous Fishing. It's super broken. I mean, oh, I guess really? that shouldn't be surprising. It runs. But there's like a, the aspect ratio all fucked up and things oh, are yeah. weird. Like and all that it's, stuff. it's, yeah. it's like, um, the, uh, the fish are just like teeny tiny. The UI stuff is just like teeny tiny. And it kind of seems like, and then, so the play field compensates for that. Right. So it's the game. It uses the full screen, but it's like, it was just a fourth version on everything else. Mm. So you're playing like a four times too big screen so the you have a ton of room to go back and forth with your fishing line and collect fish but the fish are so teeny tiny you can't do anything and i'm just like like it works still but not it's yeah. not good well so I, that was like there were some funny stories with like updating games for game club surrounding mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff like um a lot of hook champ uh hook champ was a, a clusterfuck to get going because it was a lot of the game was hard coded with the 320 by 240 screen resolution yeah and like at the time that back in the day yeah and and that was the thing like talking to uh keppa about it it was like like at the time the concept of a a different screen resolution and then the necessity to like have dynamic screen resolutions or dynamic like uh you know screen size for your game like like, uh, we were years before anyone even considered that so like yeah you know like what we did i mean it's very janky and but today's yeah. standards, but you know, made complete sense when we were doing it at the time. Yeah, totally. So. Um, yeah, it's frustrating because um, <clears throat> I've seen a, a few other people mention this too, where they're like, that's great that they re- did a full remake of this game for Apple Arcade, but like, we've been waiting for the first one to be updated for yeah. literally years. And it's not like they, they, they have said they're updating this many times over the years. And I'm looking back at our own coverage. It was August of 2016 was the last time that an update was coming in the next few months, quote unquote. Yeah. So that's tricky. Like, I mean, like I still, I still, even all these years later, like don't know what the right move was on that kind of stuff. Right. Cause it's like, yeah, it's like no one's buying the game anymore. Right. Like it's generating like no sales. And if you updated it and tried to sell it for a 99 cent game, like you'd move an irrelevant amount of copies but well, then you I'm have sure... all these people that are pissed that like the game is broken but it's yeah. not like they broke the game it just got fucked up over the years with like ios updates you know like, right 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 so... no i i well but at the same time i, I understand so... like i bought this at one time i want to play it like it should work like yeah you know. so i there's two there's two sides of this because first of all rami i love rami but um definitely has is not on top of doing things he says he'll do a lot of the times i guess is the politest way i could think of to say that um just because every time i've talked to him i've 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 brought up like ridiculous fishing and he's like Mm -hmm. yeah the update's coming and then officially they announced that a big update was coming that basically if if i remember right um was going to more than double the content in the game right and so this was they said this pretty recently after it released and it was game of the year everywhere and stuff like that and they came out oh like, yeah, 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 yeah we're working on a big update it's going to double the content uh bring a whole big bunch of new stuff or whatever and so and then that never materialized never materialized and people asked about it people asked about it 
And then finally, like years down the road, they were like, oh, that update's not coming. Um, and then their official reason for that was that they were like, we couldn't think of anything that would we would add to the game that would add that would be meaningful. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't want to add to the game just to do it. And so we're not going to we feel the game's pretty perfect as is, which to me is sort of like you should have said that the first time. <laughs> and all, it feels like a cop out answer well, at this point when yes, people have been waiting uh, for five years or whatever. So, I, yeah, I don't disagree. But at the same time, it was like that's was just kind of like what you said, though, at the time as a mobile developer. True, and you probably like, did have those intentions of like, oh, dude, people are yeah. loving this game. We're we definitely all the drama with the, like, the cloning drama. And that's a huge part of the story, too, is the cloning yeah. drama where the ninja fishing game came out and there's this whole big thing and they, they ridiculous fishing almost didn't come out at all. Yeah. Um. So there's like a lot of like triumph when the game came out and then was super well received after the fact. Cause I think the team that made it was like really beat down from all the cloning stuff and kind of like unmotivated to even want to work on it anymore. I totally so get it had that. to be very validating and you had to, in yeah. the, you know, heat of all that be really excited and be like, hell yeah, we're going to update this game. We got so much stuff we can do and blah, blah, blah. But then when you sit down to really think about it, you're like, I don't know what we can add to this game that's going to make it any better. Um, so I think it's a super valid reason to say that, but I think you probably should have said that a long time ago. Um, and then and then the other side of this coin is compatibility update stuff, which I think is more of what you were just talking about, where it's mm-hmm. like, dude, these dudes have moved on, that nobody's touched this code base in however long. I don't even know how to fix the problems it's experienced. We're no fault of our own. It's just yeah. Apple's ios updates broke things in weird ways and well and like wasn't correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't ridiculous fishing made by kind of like a dream team of indie devs that are like all working on different yeah projects of their own it's not like oh totally it was it was um like asher from three zach gage and flambeer right am i imagining that or is it just zach gage Gage i think it was greg wool oh yeah yeah yeah. that's that's Uh, that's yeah greg asher and flambeer right is that yeah I think so. I don't. I can't remember any of it at this point. But it's like it's like it was, it was like a super group of people. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, it's like those guys are all you know. If, if I got the names wrong, I apologize. Um, yeah. The regardless, the the team that made it was like an indie dream team of ultra talented people that have yeah. a lot of shit going on, and none of those guys were sitting on their hands, being like, "Oh, if only I had something to do." Yeah, right. You know, no, I that's guess super I could update Ridiculous Fishing, but I don't know. I'm just going to sit here and watch Netflix or something. You know, like that's <laughs> extremely not the situation. Yeah. I mean, like those guys all went on to make yeah. all sorts of extremely cool shit that yeah. maybe wouldn't have existed if they decided, all right, we're just going to focus on nothing but like DLC updates and compatibility updates for ridiculous yeah. fishing. So I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. I And I totally, I agree with that too, where I feel like, but again, you know, just because you, you bought, bought game. a game for a dollar 10 years ago doesn't entitle you to forever updates on it. And that's just the way things yeah. are. And it sucks. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's valid to want your things that you bought to work. Like I get it, but I do too. Time, I, I, I would love for, I almost wonder if this partnership with the Apple arcade game coming out, if they were originally approached by Apple being like, Hey, we want ridiculous fishing on our service as like a plus game or whatever. And then being just like, that old game is a total mess. Mm-hmm. We can't do it. What else you got for me? And they'll be like, well, what if we remade it from the ground up and, you know, we helped you fund it or whatever. I mean, I don't know what kind of deal actually happened, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if that kicked off the idea of like, if we're going to do it again, we need to remake it yeah. from the 
ground up. We de- I mean, we definitely ran into that with some game club games where it was like, fuck, we put so much effort into like fixing this old thing that it probably would have been easier to just like be like, all right, this is the basis of the game or let's build it in yeah. Unity and start over kind of thing, yeah. you know? And I It sucks because I feel like Ridiculous Fishing, you, you know, out of all games, like sometimes games really come and go or whatever, but that's like kind of a landmark title on mobile, right? Like it's... uh. It's yeah, a tiny right. wings or, you know, a, a angry birds or something like that. Like it's a, it's a, it's a big game in the history of the, of, of mobile gaming. And to have it not be working right is a super bummer because as awesome as this remake is, it's not the same experience. It's not the same graphics. Yeah. It's not the same music. I mean, it's similar. So it's like, I don't know. It, it, what is this rapid security response thing? Get off my screen. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I still really, as much as I'm loving this remake and I'm super jazzed about it, I still really want the original to keep working mm-hmm. because I think it should. I think if, even if Apple has to drop a pile of money for somebody to do it, like, you know, I think it deserves to keep on living. And if you want to play the old version, you should have access to it or whatever. Yeah, I think there is a, 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 a interesting discussion, I thought, in, our, in the Touch Arcade Discord a few days ago about... Um, like the the weird focus of game preservation on like collecting oh. like NES ROMs and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because that 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 seems to be like where the, all the focus is is like, oh fuck, gotta like we gotta make sure we're preserving all these ROMs and stuff. There are probably trillions of copies of the NES ROM set out there right now. Right. Meanwhile, it's like every fucking Flash game is broken. Yeah. Uh, mobile games just like don't work. Yeah. Uh, but it's like all the effort. I shouldn't say there's not any effort going towards flashers. It seems like archive.org has a pretty good project going on right now. But it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting seeing kind of seeing the blind spot in kind of like, you know, digital archiving of, of these different things. Right. Yeah. It's true because I feel like um, the hard, hard physical media games, there's no like, um, Oh my God, like we're going to let's not save total recall on the NES because it's garbage anyway. You know, mm-hmm. who cares? I'm not going to put any effort into it. It's just a quick ROM dump. It's done. So you get the full library, including all the crappy games, including all the prototype stuff, including all the ROM hack stuff. I mean, people for like documenting history purposes get everything. Um, even the stuff nobody would ever in their right mind like want again, right? Because you're just preserving history. I, I think it's a lot tougher to do that stuff on mobile because there is like the asset flip game engine well, re-release people yeah. that, re- you know, you know, like well, is that worth saving the like 50,000th GTA clone from this guy or whatever. Like, I'm not really one to judge that. But then if you look at like, especially probably more so in arcade, you know, archiving, there's a bajillion rom hacked versions of arcade games or you know a different varieties every beta version to every released reversion like it you know it's like never ending there's like you know 170 versions of street fighter 2 or something like that you know what i mean so it's like it's not really an an effort thing to say well i don't want to i don't want to like back up this dude's 100 asset flip games because they're all garbage because you're backing up all the garbage from the other eras too yeah but I do think there should be some sort of middle ground of where somebody's being like, somebody needs to do something about these games like Ridiculous Fishing or these games that are really like landmark titles that deserve to keep living and be preserved. I mean, it's, um, it's going to probably honestly take someone to 
like come up with some weird like sandbox emulator thing to get these yeah. games like running as they were in like the old version of ios but like yeah i don't even know how that's feasibly possible when there's like so much security that's gone into these yeah. different operating systems that it just seems like well, there was a Somebody is doing something like this, and I can't remember the name of any of it. I'll probably find out later and be mad I couldn't remember it now. But somebody built like a um a way of of archiving mobile games. It's like an engine or an emulator or something like that. But the, it's tricky because you have to like reverse engineer each game individually or something like that. And so like yeah. at this point, I want to say it only like was working for one specific game. Hmm. at the time but it's like the framework was there for um archiving future games should people want to put in the work to do it or, or whatever um but i can't uh remember what it's called or what game it was for but it's like um cool that you, you know like somebody's working on it like it's not lost on absolutely everybody but i think the the discussion in the discord the other day was sort of like these people that are really adamant about this as a preservation of history type thing just don't even look twice at mobile in any way I mean, whatsoever. You know, honestly, thinking about it, it's probably way more complicated than just like getting the actual game running too. I mean, because like, I'm sure, you know, if you if you have a game that I mean, like just take like the most basic uh, mobile game that had like some kind of like open faint dependency, you know, where it's mm -hmm. like. It's like, uh, you know, like when open faint was being used for like save syncing and stuff, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. even if you can get the game running that's like gonna, on load, yeah. it tries to connect to open faint to download your save and it can't. So yeah, are you then, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It, it seems like an impossible task to be like, okay, well now we need to reverse engineer, uh, like Chilingo's crystal to get, you know, something <laughs> right. else like crazy going again, which is like, I don't know. It's yeah. just like it's it's such a complicated problem that like i don't even honestly know really where you start right because totally so and like it, you know game coding is such a delicate like house of cards too so it's like you could seemingly just be like i'll just strip all this stuff out it could break everything else forever you know yeah. like so <laughs> i feel like that's the thing that's missed on the physical media that's getting backed up is what it is it's not changing right yeah. there might be beta versions and stuff right. like that but it's like you're just backing up what that thing was when it yeah. released and that's it. Yeah, backing um, up what was on the Nintendo cartridge that was played yeah. on a piece of Nintendo hardware that Nintendo could never update. Yeah. So it was yeah. like you have those two pieces and the puzzle solved forever as yeah. opposed to the complexity that has gone into modern software. Well, I think the the um the uh there's a lot going on with um PC game preservation stuff like that and there's a lot of uh, work that's already done where if you want to play a game from 1995 that only ran on Windows 95 and DOS oh, or yeah, whatever. Like DOSBox has gotten pretty good with that kind of stuff. But yeah, even so there's, you know, people have made ways to make it very easy to run those old games on newer systems. And it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of uh, user uh, um, effort, I guess, to to do the things right, to get it running right or whatever. But I mean, at least it's like possible, right? It's not mm -hmm. like Oh, dude, like uh, these games from 95 are just gone or whatever. Um, but then there's also a weird era of like DirectX compatibility stuff or whatever, too, where it's like, OK, like if these games were on like DirectX 11 or 10 or, you know, whatever, like a lot of them don't run well on today's stuff. Just 
that's the the nature of how it was um where people have released like helper you know wrappers mm-hmm. or or whatever to get things working again on newer systems and stuff like that so i feel like it, the closest it's a more fair comparison to compare pc gaming preservation than it is like console because of what yeah. we were just talking about it's a hard physical thing it is what it is pc games forever have had to run on different operating systems and different hardware configurations they've been able to be updated more than a console game and so um and kind of similar with arcade games too like there was revisions for arcade you know board units and stuff so i i get that it's hard but it just feels like nobody cares enough to want to take on the work um to do stuff for mobile or flash Mm, i don't because I don't know if it's a matter of nobody caring unless you're just like a extremely complicated problem with like no financial reward. Basically. That's true too. I, but you know, there's people out there that do stuff that's like, uh, like life purpose projects that aren't for any sort of money at all. You know, like the guy that's reverse engineering the weird obscure game just for like his own, you know, passion about it or whatever. So I just think, the stigma of mobile gaming not being real gaming seeps into this a lot. And I think that um, the the age group of people that are, are, are hot about archiving console games and arcade games from back then or whatever are the people that are more like our age. Yeah. Um, something's going to have to happen when the kid that grew up on like Angry Birds is going to be like, where's the original angry birds i, yeah, I, I mean, suddenly have a stake in this and i'm suddenly old enough to have to do something about it i guess sure i mean i guess that's an interesting <laughs> point right because like there i think the reason i gravitate so much towards like the Miu mini is like this dumb little thing can hold literally every game i grew up with that yeah. i have fond nostalgia for and everything else like mm-hmm. it's a solved problem for me right yeah right and like it's it just gets incrementally better as like someone releases a slightly better handheld or whatever and i'll be like, all right cool i'll move all my roms over to this thing and yeah you know get it running on the cooler firmware and it just yeah. it gets better and better right and that that's fine but it is an interesting point where it's like okay what's what's the me mini for the kid that grew up on you know like jet car stunts or like yeah you know, stuff like that you know I feel like that day will come and that will enter into an era like that where it's like a MiU Mini, but it's actually a, a iPod Touch clone that has all the touchscreen games on it that you loved or whatever. But it's a way more complicated problem than dumping a ROM from a cartridge. Um, but I don't know. Uh, probably AI will figure it out. I don't know. Yeah, just ask, ask ChatGPT, hey, build me a, <laughs> build me a, a, a mobile game emulator for circa 2009 iPhones. <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but that probably will be the thing to solve the problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is funny, though. Like, I always see posts on Reddit and stuff that's like, uh, oh, my God, I grew up on this game. I was like eight year old, years old when it came out, and I played the heck out of this game. I can't remember it, and I can't find it anywhere and whatever. And, um, you know, a bunch of people comment, and they eventually come across the game or whatever. And I'm like, I'll look up what it was, and I'm like, this was like your childhood favorite game, like this shitty, like, runner <laughs> That was like well, a totally yeah, like throwaway I mean, thing or whatever. But when you're eight and your your parents hand you a, an iPad or something to occupy you, and that's what you were hardcore playing. Like there's gonna yeah. be so many kids with their nostalgia game wasn't like Mario Brothers. It was like weird whatever thing that they got for free off the app store that had like ads and stuff. Like yeah. I, I don't know. It's just like a gonna be a very different experience yeah, than I mean, we I've, had growing up. 
No, but, but I mean, it's, it's super valid, right? Because like, I have all kinds of fond memories of like the back to the future NES game. Cause that was like the yeah. one game that I got for like my birthday randomly. That game mm-hmm. sucks ass, yeah. but like <laughs> it was one of the only games I had. So I played the shit out of it, you know? And my, so... my, I have the alternate experience as you with the Bill and Ted's excellent adventure NES mm-hmm. game, because uh, my uncle like won it in a raffle or something and gave it to me. And I cherished it because it was a free video game, right? Yeah, yeah. But that game is is terrible. Yeah, but I don't. But th- I mean, that's someone's going to have that exact same memory, but it's going to be like a Temple Run knockoff that had a yeah. full screen frame of ads that went around it. That yeah. you know, yeah. they just that's 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 fine. That's cool. I don't, whatever. Yeah, it's super weird. Um, so I don't know. I I feel like I approach this subject from somebody that appreciates like premium games on mobile too, more so than like, you know, I look at something and I think of games like Ridiculous Fishing or or Sword and Sorcery or whatever. I feel like the games that could have just as easily been a PSP game if that's the route yeah. things had taken. Sure. As sure. opposed to something that feels like kind of throwaway, I guess. And not to knock every free game or anything like that. But those are the games that I stick out in my mind as like, you should save the gamey games. Um, not so much the time waster stuff, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the thing that? is a gamey <laughs> game to you, or I'm sorry, a time wasty game to you is a gamey game to someone else. Like that's mm-hmm. exactly yeah. You know, I mean I would describe Cookie Back Flicker. to the Future for the NES as a extreme time waster game. Yeah, but right? <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> I I roamed around Bill and Ted's for probably years of my life. In you start out in the desert or something, and I just never understood how to get in like the phone booth and travel to a different level. Like I just roamed around, not knowing what I was doing. That was kind of me for with, so um, long. You remember Toejam and Earl on the Sega Genesis? Yeah. <laughs> like that was a similar situation. Like I didn't, for whatever reason, it took me a very long time to realize that like everything was generated randomly. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I was like always like a big like um like I I have my my notebook of like maps yeah. and passwords and things like that right and like it took me the longest time to i couldn't figure out why like i would like kind of draw the weird little island and where the phone booth was and like next time i played it was like fuck this is like why does it look different like yeah just trying to figure out like oh it's just well it's all random and that's that's, funny that's the game and that was so unique for that time though like how could you know 100 percent. i did not appreciate that game at all until like the last seven or eight years just because i didn't really understand what a roguelike was until mobile gaming. Yeah, so. right, right. I mean, it majorly ahead of its time. So yeah, that's so funny. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, kind of a crazy topic, but um, it is true. I mean, something needs to be done about games like mobile and flash games and stuff like that, or everyone just has to collectively shrug their shoulders and be like, games will exist and then they'll be gone, and that's that. And yeah, I keep um. I keep and I know this is an extremely foolish thing to expect, but I like, just keep waiting for like some like WWDC kind of like session or something like that for Apple to be like, oh, and we added legacy sandbox mode. So like in yeah. Xcode, you can just like check this thing and your game will run yeah. as if it's on like or your Apple run as if it's on like iOS three and like, yeah, all the shit works again. Like uh, they did that for so long when they switched to OS 10. Where it yeah. was like you'd switch over to OS nine for apps that needed it or whatever. Um, it's not unheard of for them to do something like that. But then their excuse is always like, "We're always just looking, thinking forward thinking." Or I mean, I get know, it, it's, and that's super valid too. Like that's that's kind it of is. the the complicated part of this. Is I feel like no one party 
has mm-hmm. like a 100% valid argument, right? Like mm-hmm. it's all like, oh, that's that that checks out. I can totally see that. Like that makes sense. Yeah. No, and, I know. It's and, not. And it's no not one's 100% one could be wrong like, either. Yeah. You, know? you should be doing this for every reason. It's like, there's a lot of reasons to not. Um, yeah, I still have a folder of games that need iPhone 10 updates, right? <laughs> like when things first went widescreen. Um, and they're uh, some of these, they'll just never be coming. Like Hero Blaster, uh, Punch Quest, The Incident, Slaying. Like all these games are so good, right? But there's no incentive for people to go back and update those with even any sort of, you know, support yeah, the- for newer stuff. The one that I was always bummed that I couldn't get updated with Game Club was, and fuck, I can't even remember the name of the game now, but it was a Chilingo like tower defense game where you're like building forts on the side of a mountain. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 and like a like a diagonally, yeah, and the, like the yeah, dudes yeah. would zigzag up the mountain and like yes. your each little fort. I'll think of it as soon as we stop recording. I know a game you're talking about, but yeah, yeah, um, that was a big deal when it came out too, and was like hugely popular and well received and stuff like that, and like. We can't even think of the name of it now. You know what I mean? But yeah, like that I'll game, remember. I would say deserves to keep living on. And I'll like wake up in the middle of the night and be like, fuck, Ooh. that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I say it had uh, Siege in the name, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. It remember. might have. So many games have Siege in the name. I, I just remember that game being very much like, uh, oh, tower defense, but like side view. And like, that was yes. really unique at yeah. the time. Yeah, because like everything was top up down the tower defense. Yeah, right. I think you played it in portrait mode too, because of that. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I don't remember, but I remember that game. Um, anywho. I'll, I'll, I'll wake up in a cold sweat just yelling at the, <laughs> the game. I'm going to text you at three in the morning and be like, oh, I figured it out. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, um, all right, I, let's wrap things up. That was a good discussion. Thank you for emailing us people that emailed us and um if more people want to email us we like getting emails they always lead to a really good discussion i think so if you have something on your mind or you just want to say hi uh send us an email at podcast at touchercade.com and i will apologize again i'm sorry that we missed so many shows in a row hopefully you know like i said this before but hopefully there's no road bumps coming that'll prevent us from recording anymore but you can never be too sure your mouth stitches opens up like a zipper Oh God, don't even say <laughs> that. Don't even say that. Um, but anyway, yeah, hopefully things will be back on track and we should be back to weekly or at the very least every other week yeah, um, to keep this crazy train of podcasts going into the well into the 500s now. Um, we must. Which is kind of nuts. So anyway, so thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you can help us out by checking out patreon.com forward slash touch arcade or doing your Amazon shopping through uh, touch arcade.com forward slash Amazon. Oh, I meant <laughs> I to ask you, did you, uh, did you, did you do any prime day shopping? I didn't do any prime day, anything. I didn't buy one thing for prime day. So I have a, uh, a, an old, I think the first generation Kindle paper white mm-hmm. um, that uh, I use a lot and I've been irrationally irritated that mm-hmm. it's like the only thing I have that doesn't charge over lightning or USB-C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, bef- like I've waffled many a times on mm-hmm. getting the new one. And mm-hmm. I just I, I felt so fucking stupid because I mean, the, the I have, so the, the one with wireless charging was like 180 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I spent almost $200 just because I want to eliminate like one cord because like if i get rid of that i am done with micro usb like nothing that i use on the regular has micro usb 
um but i use my kindle all the fucking time and the, but the, the dumb part is like i have to charge it like once a month so it's like totally yeah. a non-issue you know right um so prime day comes around they were like deeply discounted so i got a new kindle and then nice. like, did you get it no so that's the crazy thing like so i have the uh like the case for it i have uh-huh. the charger for it uh i don't remember what other wacky accessories like some other accessory that came with it all that stuff came literally next day the kindle wow. itself is uh like shipping the last week of august dang really yeah no so you must like, have got in on it too late I feel like I bought it like the because I was like waiting for Prime Day for this because I was like, oh, really? OK, like, oh, my God, because wow. I had just like needed to charge my thing like a few days before Prime Day. I was like, fuck, I need like mental major mental bookmark. Like when Prime Day starts, I'm buying a new Kindle and just like, um, you know, getting rid of micro USB forever. Yeah. I don't It's It's wild to me that Amazon wouldn't just have like a fucking boatload of all their stuff yeah. because like that's that's the super duper sale prime sale always is like if you want a kindle oh yeah if you want like um you know like a ring product or like mm-hmm. an Eero router or something like mm-hmm. those always are like uh, you might as well not buy them any other time of the year because they are on super duper sale on, on prime day that's true uh, so like yeah. how, how do they not just have like a warehouse full of kindles ready for people that have just been like me waiting for them to be like a hundred dollars yeah. off you know like, i don't know that's wild and then you know that's a long time to wait for something where your excitement wanes and you're like, I know. Oh. I, was like, I was like, oh man, but um, whatever. Well, that's exciting. No, I normally prime day. I'll, if I don't have anything specific in mind like that, I'll, um, I'll totally scroll through it and just be like, I don't need this, but that's cheap. Oh, and buy like the dumbest stuff. And I just did not let myself even look this year. If yeah, something I... came up where I was like, oh, I really need this thing. Like we were going to buy a new uh, humidifier for the kid's room. And we did some research because we've gone through some lemons, um, found the best one. And it was on not a crazy discount. It was like 5% off or something like that, which equated to like, I don't know. It was instead of being $103, it was 93 or something. Yeah. And, um, but that was, it was like a prime day deal. And, um, I didn't end up buying that even. So, I don't know. Oh, so one thing that I found out, and I'm sure that this has probably been a thing for years, but I only learned about it now is you got to use, um, when you kind of get off the res, get, get off outside of, um, like the, you know, the typical Amazon products that, you know, are on super sale, mm-hmm. you have to use a website like camel, 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 or one of these other mm-hmm. like Amazon price tracker things, because like mm-hmm. I saw all these screenshots of people posting, like, look at this, like this thing says that it's 60% off, but mm-hmm. yesterday they increased the price by like 200%. Oh, so I saw a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, it's like the same price, but it has mm-hmm. like this indicator of like, oh my God, this mm-hmm. thing's on like, you know, mega sale. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. Yep. I'm like constantly surprised that Amazon doesn't crack down on like some of the shadier shit that like third party sellers do on their website, you know? I know. Yeah, I totally agree. It's such a huge turnoff. I get I get lightning deal push notifications for things sometimes where I'm like, I've had that I've on my list for a while. I check in on it often. And this is like, it's like $2 cheaper than the normal price, even though mm-hmm. it says it's 80% off lightning deal or something like that. And I'm like, it's a turnoff. I'm like, I don't even want that thing now, you know? Yeah. Give me a real deal. But yeah, it just, I mean, what, what bugs me a lot about stuff on Amazon is like when you search for, you know, just some random gizmo that you need and it's like, there are a thousand people selling this thing you know clearly all just like you basically like drop shipping from wish.com or whatever mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and like they all have like the scammiest like seo 
product titles yeah. and reviews that are super dodgy. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, back in the, back in the day, like you just, just like, if you need something, you just bought it on Amazon. Like there never was this whole, like, mm-hmm. Oh, is this coming from Amazon? You had to be like very careful now to make sure it's like shipped and sold yeah. by Amazon. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting like some like piece of knockoff junk that mm-hmm. looks like it's just the legit product that you're buying. You know, I, just, I don't. Yeah. You would think that, um, you would think that, uh, Amazon would want to protect their own image because in a lot of people's minds, I'm buying something from Amazon, yes, but it's not 100%. really from Amazon. Right. And yeah. this recently just happened to me where I bought, um, it's like a hardware kit for my guitar. And it was like, I bought it and didn't realize it wasn't prime because it sometimes they'll just say free shipping and you just mm-hmm. assume it's prime, but it's not necessarily always prime. And I didn't realize this was coming from a third party. It wasn't somebody shady, but it was like a, a small music shop in, you know, somewhere else. Um, but I don't know what the guy did when he sent it, but he sent it with postage due. And so they tried to deliver it and they didn't, I wasn't home and they didn't leave it. And I was like, that's weird. And the, the excuse was like, there was no secure location. I was like, they leave stuff on my porch all the time. And they hide stuff behind the giant potted plant I have on my porch all the time. Like I'm not, you know, it's, and it's like a little, it's like a $30 hardware kit or whatever. It's not like some expensive thing. So I just thought it was weird. They wouldn't just leave it. And so um, I look into it more and um, it turns out that it was, they didn't leave it because it was postage due and I would have had to pay nine bucks. And so the, when they came to redeliver it, I had to go online and be like, yes, redeliver this, whatever. Then they go to redeliver it. The mailman tells me, oh, it's postage due. And I'm like, what? I'm like, that's weird. Cause was I bought it on Amazon. Was that a foreign thing? Because like the, no. the, because I've had that happen before where it's like you buy some random thing on Etsy and they like mark it as a gift when it extremely is not a gift and it gets caught mm-hmm. up in the post office. And like, yeah, you need to pay us six dollars in customs fees and then you can have this mm. things like that, it, you know? No, I, I I would have to look up where it was, but I'm I'm fairly certain it was in like Georgia or something like that. Like, I think it was a U.S. place. That's and cool. I even messaged the dude and was like, hey, this thing what's sent postage do like what's the deal with that and he's like it shouldn't have been i paid the postage and i was like well it is and i'm not paying nine bucks on this 30 dollar thing you know um and so i just refused the package and it went back to him and he gave me a full refund and it was fine there had to be some sort of error somewhere i think on his end how he shipped it but it was still one of those situations where it was like annoying because you're used to the amazon way of things where it's like free and they just I don't know. It just felt very. You remember? Um, so I'm just actually looking this up now to verify it's still a thing. Like uh, having things shipped, like collect on delivery. Did you ever mm-hmm. order COD? Yeah. yeah. I can't. Uh, even... No, I, I, I would. That reminds me of the commercials you would see, where it was like when I was a kid growing up, and it would be like, oh, blah blah blah. Like we don't do COD or whatever, and I had to look up or I had to find out what COD even meant. Yeah, but um. Yeah, that's a weird thing. It to think looks about like now. it's still a service offered by the post office, but I, I cannot imagine my mailman knocking on my door, be like, "Oh yeah, I need a thirty-seven fifty to release the right. package." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that just feels very archaic to me. But yeah, you know. Yeah, I remember I got in trouble when I was a kid by ordering a bunch of CDs, uh, COD. Oh, um, like 
uh, what was it, publishing house or whatever those one things of those were, places. Like, yeah, a million yeah. CDs for ten cents. No, but but this was like actually placed in order, and the order was bill oh. COD, and it, like it came to our house, and like the the mailman like wanted like fifty bucks for my parents, so my mom was like, "What in the fuck did you do? <laughs> did you get them or not? I don't remember. I don't think so. I think they just told him like, yeah, you can't have this. Send it back. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay, that was a long tangent, but yeah, the sh- we're ending the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, And we'll be back with another episode of the Tetracade Show next time. See ya.